We're counting down the days till Raging Cajun football. I'm Jay Walker. Join Gerald Broussard, Cody Juno, and me from Cajun Field on Saturday, September 3rd as Louisiana takes on Southeastern. Kickoff time is 6.30 on your home of the Raging Cajuns. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports. Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. We've made it. We've made it. It's game week. It's game week. Yeah, I know for some fan bases it was game week last week, and unfortunately for Nebraska fans, they got what they've had the last couple of years. But high school football, no more jamborees. They count this Friday. College football, we got a slate of games Thursday. We've got the bundle of games Saturday. For NFL fans, yeah, maybe, you know, kick it off until a week from Thursday with one game and then a week from Sunday with a bunch more. But preseason is done, and oh, God, why couldn't it end sooner? The biggest question mark that I have continuously talked about for... Really, the, the, the three football teams that get talked about the most on this station, the Saints, UL, and, and then LSU, is the O-line. Concerned about depth on the O-line. Concerned about experience on the O-line. Want to see a little bit more. You know, with the Saints, we get to see preseason. We get to see Trevor Penning, the first-round pick, 19th overall, get smoked in, in, in you know, pass protection in game one, make strides and look stronger in game two. And then in game three, Sitting there throwing blocks down the field, good looking drive. Mark Ingram touchdown. Jawan Johnson kind of rolls into him briefly. It doesn't seem to affect him. He puts his hands up, and then suddenly you come back from the break, and he's being taken off in a cart. Apparently, he injured his toe at some point on that drive, stayed in there, and played, played through torn ligaments. At first, they're like, it might just be turf toe. You know, that's not that's not fun, but he could be back. Still waiting on an MRI. No, turned out there's torn ligaments, surgery. And while they haven't said he's done for the season, I'm telling you, I have talked to multiple doctors that specialize in this kind of thing. He is done for the season. Now you got James Hurst, who has been hurt, who is your left tackle, who knows who's going to back him up. They're making cuts. It's not good. The Saints have to have extremely good injury luck on the offensive line this season. Because if they start having multiple injuries there, they, they're in trouble on offense. They're in trouble. Doesn't matter how many weapons you got. 
And so Penny, not only do you, do you lose him for the year, but he was he was a guy that you know was going to play some this year, but was more of the work in progress. Your future left tackle, little raw coming out of Northern Iowa. The more reps he gets, the more experience he gets, the more he gets acclimated to NFL life. Life, the better he will assimilate, and the better he will be in the future at left tackle. Now all that is done. He's just going to be sitting there in a boot for a while and observing all year. And I can hear all these optimistic Saints fans now, fanatical next year, being like, oh, we don't have a first-round pick, but we got Trevor Pinning, and it's like we have a first-round pick because he didn't even play last year. Stop it. That was bad. That was bad. That's the thing you just don't want to see in the preseason, man. It was awful. Everybody's getting all giddy after the Saints put together another drive in a preseason game no one's going to care about. After that, and I couldn't, I couldn't sit there and get excited. It's like, no, no, Penny left on a cart. Everybody's texting me, man, look, super, here we go. I'm like, no, how can you be smiling right now? This is preseason. Your first round pick just left on a cart. <sighs> but it is what it is, you know? I'll say this, could always be a whole lot worse because, because you could be a Nebraska Cornhuskers fan. Huh. You could be a Nebraska Cornhuskers fan. And this idea that, oh, well, Nebraska fans, they thought they were going to be back. A lot of hype. They figured this was it. No, they're very much back the way that they've been this last couple of years. Realize they fired Bo Pelini when he was 67 and 27. And Frost right now is 15 and 30. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Not too good. I mean, you could win 50 consecutive games. And he still wouldn't have as many wins. And his winning percentage wouldn't even be all that close to what Bo Pelini did. Nebraska's tried everything at head coach. And Frost, yes, yes, I watched Nebraska Northwestern. I mean, come on, it was it was, it was on Fox. It was in Ireland. You're, you're craving football so much, you poor Nebraska. Like if, if you don't want to be in that spot, how many Nebraska games are you going to see this year? Honestly, maybe if you're just so hardcore, you watch every single college football game as much as you can. Maybe you'll see a little bit of one here or there. But they got the spotlight in Week Zero where like everyone was watching Nebraska and a Northwestern team that you know Coach Fitzgerald's a good coach, man. But Scott Frost, who in the past has not had a special teams coordinator, decides we got one now. I'm gonna I'm gonna hire a special teams coordinator. I'm gonna hire you know what we're gonna we're gonna let someone else be the play caller this year. Someone before the game asked them game week, well, what is that gonna do for you? Well, I'm gonna be able to help more on special teams. Ooh. Why are you running a surprise onside kick when you're up eleven? Why are you running a surprise onside kick? in a game where you haven't really seen film of this year's team yet on special teams. 
I'm not the, the, the biggest expert in the world, but the, the key to a surprise onside kick usually has to do with formation. Obviously, the element of surprise, but how does the other team play it? Do they have habits? Do they have bad tendencies? Can you take advantage of that? You're not going to see that because you haven't seen this team yet. It's the first game of the season. It's week zero. So they lose another one-possession game. I think that was the 21st or 22nd one-possession loss. For Scott Frost since he's been in Nebraska. That hurts. I mean, that hurts. And and look, I'm not even picking on Nebraska. I'm not. This is just reality. I have been to a game in Lincoln. It truly is. It's, it's, It's beautiful. It's amazing. The pageantry of college football and that fan base and how much they love that team and the game day environment. It's, it's amazing. I'm glad I got to experience it. It was, it was, it was awesome. And now that fan base is just in this cycle of you're losing and you're losing and you're losing, but you're losing so many games where you're just right there. Just, you know, one dumb mistake here or there. And then you, and when you have a game in Ireland, you know, look, you've got members of the Nebraska press, you've got some members of Northwestern, and they're there, and they're they're not gonna be like, hey, coach, another lo- another one possession loss. You think you just move on? I mean, you're not gonna ask that, because of course a coach isn't gonna think that, nor should Scott Frost think that, and it's not a question you should ask. But when you're in Ireland, you got some members of press in Ireland that get access. It's a Irish dude. Hey, Coach, have you considered stepping down after this loss? Ouch. Ouch. And Scott Frost mentioned some things they needed to do better on offense. Said, you know, we got we got to be more creative. He's got a new play caller, kind of throwing him under the bus there, Coach. It was bad. It was bad. And I felt bad for Nebraska fans. I mean it. I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him. It was tough. It was tough. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. It's a Monday. It's game week, week one of college football. UL kicking off their season this Saturday against Southeastern, 6 o'clock, Cajun Field. And each Monday during the season, I will be joined by Louisiana Rage Cajun head coach Michael Desermo. It's game week. It's Monday. He joins me next. Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. He was the 1991 state champion in Nintendo. Ready? It's The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Welcome back into The Great Scott Show. Yes, I was a champion in Nintendo. Uh, I was better at playing football uh, with a small little Nintendo remote than I was on the field. Our next guest, probably better at it on the field, former Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year, but the head coach of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. Week one is here. It's game week. And uh, he'll join us throughout the season on Mondays. Head coach Michael Desimo, who, by the way, also will have a number of uh, Louisiana football live shows at Pete's, including the first one tonight 
from 6 to 7. Get out there. Uh, Jay Walker hosts. Uh, we air it on our airwaves, but it's always great to be there in uh, in person if you can make it. And um, so listen live here, 103.3 FM, 1420 AM, or on the stream. But uh, Coach Desmo, of course, joining me right now. Good morning, Coach. So uh, when you wake up on a Monday of game week, does it does it feel a little different, or is it just business as usual? Yeah, no, it's a little easier to get up and get out of bed. You know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff ahead of you, you know, um, on game week, especially on a Monday. So, you know, you got to get up and get after it. Do you um, – when it comes to to Mondays, I know like during a typical game week, that might be when the players are off. What it what is a typical Monday look like for the coaches during game week? So Mon- Monday is one of the the busier days, uh, you know, for the coaches. Uh, so that's really our big game plan day. Um, so we get in in the morning on Mondays. Whenever we come in, we'll kind of start getting to it. We'll split it up, offense and defense. Um, and we'll start doing uh, basically like our opponent questions and and things like that. So kind of, you know, basically we have a list of questions that we ask offensively and defensively about the other team, kind of what they do and kind of their, uh, I guess, who they are in a nutshell a little bit. Um, and we kind of get on the same page with that, talk about the personnel, um, things like that, kind of almost like a, a briefing a little bit. Um, and then after that, we start working um, on our game plan areas uh, normal downs, you know, just watching first and second downs in the open field uh, by formation, kind of go through, break it down, get some thoughts down, some ideas on what we like and kind of who they are and what we think fits what we do against them. Um, and then, you know, Mondays we have to get the game, uh, our special teams game plan down. So at some point Monday evening we have a meeting about special teams and kind of what our plan is, how we're going to attack it, um, you know, and then after uh, – after that meeting, usually we get back together uh, offensively and defensively and kind of keep watching tape until, you know, kind of until we, we hit a point where we feel pretty good about it. Uh, you know, one thing that uh, Coach Napier brought here that I, that, I, that we're going to keep, uh, certainly, that I thought was awesome was on Monday nights, that was um, he'd give us about an hour and a half off for family dinner on Monday nights. And that was something that was a way to, you know, on a typically a very long day that you're in the office all day, it was a way for us to actually get to spend some time with the family in the evening. And uh, that was something that I thought was really cool and uh, certainly very considerate of him to do for us. So that's something that we'll keep in place. So a little bit of family time in there um, on a day that's otherwise pretty uh, chock full of football. You know, uh, you mentioned starting the game plan. Um, what, what at this point, obviously, there's you're going to look at it more, but what impresses you about Southeastern? Well, we've done a lot of game plan on them already, you know, them being the first opponent. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're schematically, they're really good. You know, they're, uh, they're coaches. You can tell they're well coached. Their kids know where to be. Um, you know, I think when you start with their defense, you know, they're deep up front. You know, for an FCS school, typically they don't have much depth. These guys have a lot of depth, you know, and on their D-line, um, they roll, you know, three deep, you know, in that uh, defensive line group. So that that's that's very unique and it's impressive um you know at linebacker they're returning uh two of the three linebackers both of them are really good players um you know the outside linebacker is a big good long big long good looking kid plays really good out there um and then the other guy who's coming back inside number 46 he's played a lot of ball for him he was kind of a co-starter last year um you know on the back end they've got two 
All-American candidates at corner. So, you know, I mean, they've got a really good defense. Um, offensively, you know, certainly they've uh, they lose Cole Kelly, um, which, you know, I think everybody everybody in our building, I know, is certainly happy about that. Uh, but, you know, they're bringing back – the guy they're bringing back is actually a transfer from South Alabama who started games at South Alabama. So, he's a good player. He's a good athlete. Um, you know, they uh, good back – some really good receivers last year. They spread the ball around. You know, one of them is an All-American uh, kickoff returner. Um, so, you know, they, they've got good pieces. And, I mean, you know, Coach Selfa, I've been knowing him forever. And, you know, a lot of respect for him, what he's done in his career and certainly what he's done recently at Southeastern. Um, you know, I feel like they always, you know, I, I say this all the time, you know, they followed that model that uh, – that McNeese had for years, you know, when Coach Vietor and those guys were there, and that Nichols started when Coach Rebo got there. They signed some of the best high school football players in Louisiana. You know, the guys that might be too small, right, might be whatever, you know, this or that. Um, if they're good players, they just sign them, and then they kind of, you know, build a really solid roster that way, and then they go out there and they got kids that play really hard and you know, I mean, you watch Southeastern, you just go back, you know, in 17, they came over here and we squeaked one out by three. A couple of years ago, they went to UL Monroe. It was the same deal last year at La Tech. You know, they, La Tech beat them by three. I mean, these guys, they, they're going to come out and they're going to play. And, um, you know, I think they're well coached and I think they've got good pieces too. Uh, Coach Michael Desmar, guest, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I want to focus in on one player for a moment, Coach. You talk about players that – maybe get overlooked because of attributes that you would see on a sheet of paper, right? Size, weight, whatever, but really good football player. It's still it's still something to me that, that Eric Gare ended up at UL, you know, didn't get an mm-hmm. offer from South Al. He's from Mobile, played at McGill, uh, because he's just I, I remember his freshman year when he was making noise and people were like, this guy actually, you know, in the sophomore, he's probably gonna play this year. He might be starting. And even even folks at UL, I guess, to cover the team, I don't want to say surprise, but it wasn't, you know, he didn't have this big flash as far as the signing goes. And then he's making an impact right out of the gate. And then, of course, he's good on special teams. I mean, all around, he's one of your best and most experienced players. And I've talked to him many times. And, you know, I asked him a question, I guess, a few weeks ago when we had media day. I was like, is there like a small part of you that appreciates that, you know, God gave you this height. I mean, I'm acting like he's small. He's bigger than me. I mean, I'm not a big guy, but that kind of makes you appreciate it because it, it, it almost drives you to work that much harder because people are, you know, constantly doubting you. And he said, he said, absolutely. You know, he said, I, that, that chip on my shoulder is always there because of that. So we, I think, I think fans and, and those of us in the media, we've seen what he does on the field, but what, tell us something else about Eric Gare, maybe in the locker room, off the field, in terms of how important of a piece he is for this Rage of Cajun football team. Well, you know, Eric's a guy who's always handled his business. You know, from the time he got here, he's always been really mature and, and really has always handled his business the way you're supposed to. Um, you know, what I've seen from him that, that I love, you know, is when you talk about his size and his stature, he's not scared to – to get in there and say what needs to be said. Obviously, physically, he'll mix it up. You know, I mean, y'all have all seen him play. Um, but as a leader, you know, he'll tell whoever, whenever, wherever, you know, what's right and what's wrong. And, um, you know, he's not a loud guy. You know, he's not he's not one of those guys. But he'll, if something needs to be addressed, he'll address it. And, um, 
I'm, I've been so really, I, I guess almost surprised. I mean, I've known Eric really well, you know I mean? Even though we're on different sides of the ball, I felt like I always had a good relationship with him. Um, but you never really know until you kind of, you know, we kind of thrust him a little bit into that, that leadership role and said, Hey man, like, you know, you've done enough over here where it's time for you to, and man, he has, has really, he's owned it and done a great job and his peers respect him. Um, you know, I mean, we, we talk about it as, as a, as a team, you know, as, as an organization, I mean, we're all kind of, you know, chip on our shoulder type of guys, you know, I mean, that's what makes us tick a little bit. And, and I think Eric is a great representation of that because, you know, certainly he's got a lot of things that have motivated him throughout his career. And, um, you know, he carries that chip with him, and he, you know, he, he embodies kind of that, that type of mindset a little bit. And I love it. I mean, shoot, I, you know, that's always been one of the best motivators for me is, you know, is doubt and things like that. And, you know, I, I love that we got a bunch of guys that are like that on our team. You mentioned that ship and the team having that. I know in, in talking to coaches over the years that you always want to be guarded against hype or or, or accolades, particularly preseason accolades, but even when you start to have success. And, you know, I've talked to, I guess I was talking to Andre Jones last month. I was like, does the 13 straight wins ever get brought up? He's like, honestly, no, we haven't really talked about it at all. So I guess my question, Coach Desimo, is, is there a flip side to it where you don't really talk about, hey, we've won 13 in a row, but maybe do you use something of, look, we've had a lot of success here. We're not ranked. No one's talking about us. Do you kind of use the the flip side of that maybe, or does that ship just kind of come naturally with the kind of players you have on your team, if that question makes sense? Well, you know, I mean, I think it does come naturally, but, but yeah, we use it. Absolutely, we use it. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot for us to, to feel like people have been patting us on the back about, to be honest with you, in the off season, you know. Um, all that they've talked about is the players that have left. All they've talked about is, you know, who's not here instead of who is here, you know. Um, the coaches poll, we get picked to finish first in the West, but then hardly any of our kids get picked on the all-conference team. Yeah. Um, it just kind of shows you that it was somewhat of just a, hey, they won last year, we'll just put them there type of thing. Um, so, you know, I think for us, for a team that naturally we are a little bit, you know, kind of have that chip, um, the things that have happened in this offseason I think have just made it easier, you know, for us to to stay focused and to stay honed in on what's going on. And, I mean, um, you know, it's never really hard for this group to get fired up, but uh, the things that have happened, you know, throughout this offseason I think certainly are going to help us. Coach, on the um... – offensive side of things I know last week a lot of the focus was the announcement of who would start a quarterback and um, you know you answered questions about it uh, I talked to Chandler Fields on the show really enjoyed that conversation but my, my question to you is how have how have each of them responded both Chandler Fields and Ben Woldridge now that you're you're over a week into it and you're in game week and I know reps are a little different now once you've announced the starter They've both done a great job. I mean, I actually, I ran into both. I mean, I saw both of them this morning, you know, ran into Ben this morning before seven, just saw Chandler walking up, you know, from the parking lot. So um, they've just continued business as usual um, in here, preparing, getting ready to go. And, you know, it's really, truthfully, it's, it's what I expected from them. Um, you know, I think for Chandler, it's, it's finally the realization that, hey, you know, I mean, this is something I've worked for for three years. It's finally here. 
and then for Ben, you know, I mean, Ben, Ben's a pro. I mean, he, he has the wherewithal to understand, like, hey, it's a long season. Um, a lot of things can happen, you know, between now and the end of it. I'm going to be prepared for if my team needs me, I'm going to be ready to go out and go play really well. And, um, you know, th- those guys are just, they're, they're just, they competed really well throughout this entire thing. Um, you know, sometimes people always ask about, like, what's that, what's that like? What's the, you know, what's the room like? Is there, there's never been any friction in the room. I mean, they just, those guys are just, they've handled it all the way you want. And it's hard when you're, you know, they're still young men, right? You know, I mean, they're, they're barely in their 20s and they're still figuring out. I mean, that, that's hard um, to manage all that. And they've done it really well. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't be more proud of, of both of them, you know. And, and like I said from the beginning, I mean, I've just got a ton of respect for both of them. And, and the way that they've handled it since the announcement has been made, it just even more so I feel that way. Well, I'm sure it also helps to have a head coach that has some insight into it. You having gone through it and, you know, Jerry Bab and yourself still being very close. I think you were in each other's weddings. You mentioned that. So yeah. it's, it's, you can, this idea that you can't be competitive and friendly when it comes to your own team. I think in today's age, I think you have to be right. Cause that's what you need in a locker room. Um, you want to make each other better, but you want to lift each other up. And I think that fine line between competition and, um, you know, there, there's there's a balance to it all, I guess is what I'm saying, Coach. And I, I would imagine you having, having had to have navigated those waters back when you played, being as competitive as you are, I'm sure it, it, it helps having insight into maybe what those guys were going through and currently are as well. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it kind of helps whenever someone can tell you, you know, they've been there before. But, it, you know, it's certainly still something that you have to go through individually and personally. And, um I mean, it's, it's it's not easy, you know what I mean? Like, quarterback's such a tough position because, you know, I mean, let's say that you're, let's say you come out second in the in the running back battle. Well, you know, all right, you know, we're, we're going to run one of them out there, but, I mean, shoot, we're going to play two or three or four, you know what I mean? You're going to get to play. You're going to get plenty of time. You know, quarterback, it's like, you know, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's, sucks you know you come out second in a in a close battle and, and one that you really worked hard for and all right well you know some places you don't get to play at all you know we're we're going to do it in a way that i think is fair to both of them where ben does get to play a little bit every game i think that's the right way to do it um but it's still tough you know and i think you go through a lot of personal emotions and you know thing for ben ben's been through this before uh you know when he was at his last school he had a quarterback competition, and I think one that he felt like he competed really well in and, and, and felt like he was could have went out there and been the guy and didn't get it. And, you know, then he came here to have an opportunity to compete. And uh, so, you know, going through that, is, I mean, that's, that's hard. You know, I mean, you you got you to gotta deal with it in your own way. And, and you know, and I'm just like I said, I, I just – the way that those guys have responded to me is just – it's it's the way that you hope they'd respond for sure. Um, but they've done it the right way, and they, they've been – they, they've been nothing but a, they've been a model of what it's supposed to look like to be a great teammate. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Coach Michael Desimo on with me. I'm Scott Prather. Last thing on, on that, Coach, um, as you noted last week and as you noted just a minute ago, uh, Ben Woldrich, you know, will play still uh, a little bit. Specifically, what I know in, in talking to Coach Leger last week, he said it hadn't been really mapped out yet, but but there would be a plan in place um, do you guys have some specificity as far as what that might look like? 
Um, I mean, I know in my in my head kind of what I'm thinking, what I'm leaning towards. I mean, I don't I don't want to necessarily maybe go out there and say something. They say, well, you said this. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, um, fair enough. But uh, but yeah, no, I mean, certainly, I mean, it's going to be scripted. It's going to be something that it's like, okay, you know, whatever, you know, maybe it's every whatever possessions or maybe whatever drive, or, you know, we're we're going to have it something that's scripted out, and then it'll be, you know. Whether Chandler's playing great or, or, or not playing or, or not playing up to his standard at that point, it's not going to be about that. It's going to be about getting Ben in there um, because he deserves to play. And um, you know, we did that. You know, in 2018 with Levi, and I thought it worked out really well. You know, and uh, Levi played really well early in the year, so we continued to do it all year. And that's kind of you know, and I talked to Ben about that. I was like, look, you know, you got to go out there and go play well, so we can keep doing this. Um, and, you know, I mean, he certainly understands that. Um, but that that's something that we did, and I thought it was really good for us. I know it gave you a, a level of comfort um, with knowing that, hey, if something happens to the to the starter who was Nunez at the time, it's like, well, you know, Levi's been playing and played really well, so we, we'll be fine. And I think there's some value in that for sure. Um, even with a guy like Ben who you feel like is ready to play, um, let's say you fast forward, you know, six weeks and, and unfortunately, you know, I mean, obviously never want it to happen, but something happens to Chandler. Well, you know, Ben hasn't played in, in six weeks and he's just been at practice, just kind of, you know, watching games. Well, you know, you haven't done a lot to help him have go out there and have success. So, um, I, I just think it's, it's the best thing to do all the way around. I think it's certainly the, the best thing to do in our situation, with the quarterbacks that we have. And I think for our team, it's the best thing to ensure that, Hey, you know, it's a long season, you know, if, if something unfortunate happens, we'll still be in good position because we'll have a guy who's gotten some game experience in there. Final football question for you, Coach Michael Desimo, our guest. How would you describe your philosophy as a play caller? Um, whatever it takes to win. Um, you know, we kind of, we, we've talked about it, you know, as a staff and, you know, we offensive goals and things like that, game to game and, uh, you know, they talk about, you know, some people try to, you know, set goals where that would put them in the top 10 in the country and whatever, scoring, rush, you know, rushing yards per per game, per average per carry, whatever the case is. You know, and I told him, I, like, I really don't care anything about being a top 10 in anything statistically. I just want to be in the top 10 in the country as a team. And I don't care if that means that, you know, we score, you know, 21 points a game and our defense plays lights out and that's the way we win. I don't, I don't, I don't, that does not matter to me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a stats guy. I'm, I'm about winning. And, uh, that's the most important thing to me. Um, you know, just in general though, I, I think you have to mix it up, run and pass. I think you need to be able to throw out a run sets and run out of pass sets. And I think you got to find a way to do that. And I think you have to, you know, in today's game, you got to call a lot of RPOs and you got to live with the quarterback throwing some of them that sometimes, you know, you say, Oh, you know, you know, third and one. It's like, well, you know, that's why you tag the RPOs on there. And that leads to explosive plays. And when you will throw it on rundowns and run it on passing downs and you, you got the defense a little bit on their heels. And I think that's the name of the game. Um, so, you know, for us, it's going to be to mix it up. We got a lot of good players here. We want to distribute the ball, get the ball to them in space, and let them go out there and go make plays. Um, I think our job as coaches, uh, it's not to it's not to to scheme all these things up. It, it's to it's to put our players in position and make plays. It's, you give the quarterback 
a set of parameters and standards that he needs to play within. You say, all right, these are the rules. It's black and white. If this, then this. You distribute the ball where it needs to go, and from there, the players have to play. So, um, you know, I'm 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 excited about watching our team go out there on offense and on defense to go play because I know as as a staff, um, you know, my staff has worked really hard to put our kids in position to go out there and have success, and our players have worked really hard to have that success. So. I'm just excited on Saturday to go see it in action. Um, it's been a long off season, um, you know, and uh, I think we're, we're just ready to go out there and go walk down that tunnel and, and come out and just get back to business and doing what we do. This Saturday, the Herbert Hyman Football Classic, the season opener at home, Louisiana versus Southeastern, 6 o'clock kickoff at Cajun Field. Our pregame show starts at 4 Coach, uh, final question, not a football question. You mentioned that one thing Coach Napier did that you wanted to continue was that on Monday nights there's a uh, an hour and a half set aside for the coaching staff to have family dinner so they can go be with mm-hmm. their family. Now, tonight you're eating at Pete's, right? You you got Louisiana Athletics Live. It's going to be great. Everybody go check it out. Uh, Jay Walker sits down with Coach. Uh, students, LUL students, $5 little Pete's for all UL students with a valid ID. Um, but uh, live at Pete's tonight. We'll be on the air with it as well, 6 to 7 here on 103.3 and 4, ESPN 1420. But let's say uh, it's it's not a, a Louisiana Athletics Live week, right? It's a Monday where you do get to go home and you're having family dinner. What's Coach Desimo's favorite menu? Maybe not like, look, it's my last meal, it's all about me, but like family dinner. What's the What, what, would, what do you want on the menu? Cool, man. So usually I, I let the kids pick, um, and Thomas and Elle, they'll, they'll usually pick something. But, um, golly, we've done all kind of different things. So a lot of times we'll stay right here around the stadium, you know, just proximity so we have more time together and less travel time, all that. Um, but, man, we, we've done we've done Dino's many times, which is always good right there. Uh, twins. Um, we've gone, shoot, one night they wanted to go bowling, so we went to the bowling alley across the street and <laughs> ate at the bowling alley. Oh, yeah, it, there's always, there's, there's all, I mean, when I tell you, you, you can't, you can't, you can't call it. I, you never know what's going to come out, uh, out of their mouth. So there's, there's always something that's always interesting. I mean, we do agave across the street. We, we've done about anything within about two or three miles radius from here. Um, we've done it. It's, uh, it's gotten a little bit more difficult to do it. Just, you know, the kids are getting older and they're into sports and stuff now. So. A lot of times my, my Monday night dinner would be go and watch one of them practice. Um, you know, and I just go watch their practice until I have to come back. And, you know, that, that's a pretty cool thing, too. Obviously, we, we miss a lot of that stuff. So, you know, getting to go over there and go see it always, uh, I, I don't mind that, you know, spending my off time that way. That always makes it, uh, makes it fun, you know. I, I remember those days when I was a kid. So to get to see it and see them living it makes it fun. You know what, man? Family, football, faith, that's kind of – I know how important that was to, to Coach Napier. I know how important it is to you, and I know that's just an important staple of, of UL football. When you guys talk about culture, I mean, that's a big part of it, and it's – you never want to be one of those coaches that's like, you better be sleeping here, you know, and tell your family you'll see them in the off season. That's That's just not how you guys operate. It never will be. No, definitely not. There's uh... – there's more to life, you know, I guess maybe you shouldn't say when you're the head coach, but there's a whole lot more to life than just winning football games and just coaching football. And if all of, if all that our kids ever learned from us is how to win football games, then we've, we've certainly failed them in our jobs. And 
um, you know, we, we've got a good balance over here, and I think that's something that we're definitely going to continue to have. No doubt. Five days, 10 hours, 19 minutes away from kickoff. Coach, I'll let you get to it. I look forward to talking to you each Monday. I know you and I have had a lot of chats from uh, last December to now, but looking forward to, to being able to talk to you after a game and, and breaking it down a little bit and getting your perspective on everything. But as always, we appreciate the time. All the best, and uh, we'll let you get back to work. Scott, thanks so much, man. You got it. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun head coach Michael Desimo. You've got um, – it, 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 the first Louisiana Athletics Live is tonight. A lot of you just call it the coaches show, and that's fine. You know, more commonly referred to as the coaches show. But uh, you got it tonight. Over at Pete, six o'clock, and you know it's not uh, it's not every single week, but you've got a number of coaches shows um, tonight. You have Monday, September twelfth, September twenty sixth, October seventeenth, November fourteenth. So. Mark it down and uh, go out, talk to Coach, get ready for the for the season. When we come back, the last Monday for a while, that one Nasty Nick and Big Blaze will join me. They're in the building. They're over there working. They're, they're doing different stuff. So let's just bring them back on board so they can attempt to calm me down about the Trevor Penning injury so we can talk college football week zero and week one. Because there's a lot happening in the world of sports right now. A lot happening. Can't wait. What did, what, what, did anyone see Tom Brady's face in the press conference when he was asked about being away? And he said, look, I'm 45 years old. I got a lot of bleep going on. Is it just me or does Tom look like really, really thin right now? Like almost as thin as Tampa's offensive line. I, I'd, I'd be a little worried about the um, the man that many call the goat. More of that when we come back after this. It's the Great Scott Show Plus. Open phone lines, 337-269-1077. Don't go anywhere. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. It's a Monday. These guys have been joining me on Mondays in August. They will be hosting Lynn's show all of next week, as well as uh, this Friday. It's a great day to do it. Lynn will be taking a little time off. Uh, we got um, Blaze Shakira and Nasty Nick. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? <laughs> hey, hey, Paisan. How you doing? What was you never know what's going to come out of Blaze's mouth. That's, I know, right? Yeah, one second, he's acting like he's in the mafia. The he's next, unpredictable. He's singing Shakira. I mean, the man's from what? Leon, what, what, Leonville? Lauraville. Lauraville? You Lauraville. say Leonville. Leonville. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Leonville. I don't know, I don't know where that came from. Uh, but, you know, I was just trying to be unpredictable like you. There you go. Hey, you came out of left Imitation field Imitation is a sincerest form of flattery. I am... Um, I am... Trevor Penning, man. Oh, I, 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 the minute, the minute he came off the field, I was like, Scott's. You know, what was so annoying. (laughs) He's seeing all these Saints fans celebrate the next drive. Like, oh, it was all great. I'm like, why? Why do you? (laughs) Trevor Penning just left on a cart. Yeah. 
Why are you happy right now? Yeah. It's a pre look. If a player gets hurt in a regular season game and a starter, it sucks. It's devastating. Like Jameis Winston went down last year. Clearly, it was serious. Oh, I mean, yeah. the illegal tackle by Devin White, and it sucked. But it's a regular season game against Tampa, so you're still able to emotionally over the next hour and a half, like commit to trying to win oh, the game. Yeah. And when yeah, PJ yeah. Williams pick six, you know. Uh, Mr. Uh, PTO during training camp, it's like, all right, like you could still celebrate. And then eventually, you you know, you see Jameis dance with crutches and you see Sean Payton saying he cried. And eventually the like high of the wind wears off. And then you're kind of like, all right, so what did he do a quarterback? But it's different in a preseason game. Like gives him, what do you, he was hurt great. They look good on the next drive against yeah. whoever the hell they played on Friday, the chargers. Wow. You're not even going to remember that preseason game. No, you're right. You know, you know what the Rams preseason was last year record zero and three. That's right, zero oh and three. The Ravens are what twenty two and zero. Oh yeah, last? how many playoff games <laughs> have they play won? Exactly. Last six exactly. years, last six have. years they won like one. Exactly. I mean, it just it uh, just how I, I was too. I just and 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 I had all these people you know at me like I mean it didn't look serious. I mean he like had it. I'm like he left on a car. Yeah, no, he left on yeah. a car. I don't care if the replay showed him lifting his hand. That might have even been when he got hurt, which apparently it wasn't. He got hurt earlier in the drive and played the rest of the drive with a torn ligament in his toe. Which I mean, good on him for toughing it out, but also it's a preseason game. Don't it's need one to do tough that. dude. Yeah, who knows? He might have met it might have went from turf toe to torn ligament because he's out there. I mean that that I don't know. So I don't even want to project. I just sure. know that 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 was it. Like, and people were texting me like, "Man, this guy looks good." That guy, I'm just responding. I'm like, "What? I can't. What? what are you, why are you texting me positive yeah. stuff right now?" Yeah, don't come. Don't. And it wasn't positive stuff to try to cheer me up. It was like, it was like positive stuff. It, like hey. they were into it. Yeah. I'm like, I cannot enjoy a single another single second of this game. Sadly, I think that's the uh, that's the downfall of the of the offensive line position. Man, they just get overlooked. You know, people don't realize how much of a staple they are. That they they might oh, this year. Like as 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 wild and crazy as some of Kyle's calls are, he the guy like made the point last week when he said if if I think the Saints offensive line is going to be great, and I said well I don't I think they I think they can be really good if they yeah. all stay healthy which never happens, but I think they can be good. But if you're right and they're great. And the Saints are going to have a great season, but it's the it, I, I said it's it's you know that linebacker my biggest area is a concern because of the depth. Yeah, and you lost a guy that maybe he was going to be starting week one, maybe he wasn't. James Hurst hadn't played since the first week of the preseason because he's been hurt. He's also a UDFA that you know filled in for Armstead last year at times, and people tried to act like he was playing like an All Pro. He wasn't. He was playing like an average left tackle, which at this point that's the best you can hope for, and. If you're going to have a string of good luck on the injury side of things to any unit on the team, you, it's, it you're going to need be, it to be the O line yeah. this year because if they have a rash of injuries there, it's going to really gonna hurt tough. this team. Yeah. Hurst is predicted to come back before the first pre- yeah. regular season game, though. Yeah, I know, but still, like, yeah, I, no, still, it still adds to your, It still takes a blow to your depth for Big sure. Time. And pinning the whole idea of well, he's. He's going to assimilate to the NFL game his rookie year. You'll see him some, but it's it's hard to do that when you're in a yeah. boot or you're you had surgery and you're not playing it all this yeah. year. It's all going to be mental improvement now. It yeah. has to just be it, 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 it has practical. To, it has to be. Hopefully he can really take time to 
study more of the pass protections and things like that. I know it doesn't help from a sense of because where he needs the experience is getting that live fire from guys going at him in the pass game. So that's going to hinder him severely. But uh, maybe he'll come back later in the season. Who knows? Not going to happen. No. They haven't announced it. I'm just. He's got surgery. I mean, if that's the thing, then it's. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. I talked to. I mean, I. If I end up being wrong, I'll I'll say, look, I was dead wrong. But um, talking to a couple of surgeons about it, they're like, yeah, I don't think he's playing this year. Yeah. yeah. I think he's done. And even if he does miss an extended period of time, do you really want to rush him back and possibly ri- risk an, uh, an even worse injury? No, Saints I don't, have I don't bad think luck they, with feet. You know. The Saints have bad luck with feet and ankles. Don't mess with it. I, and groins. I mean, it's. I just keep waiting for yeah. Pete Warner the news that he was in Philadelphia and got a you know sports hernia surgery from Doctor Myers because that happened years ago. Constantly, I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's just a worry of mine. Right. Yeah. See, now y'all see why I don't like the preseason. Oh yeah, I mean, I saw why you didn't like the preseason from the get go. But I, I realize you got to do it. But there was something nice about 2020, not the whole calendar year. Don't misunderstand me. <laughs> but like no preseason games because then it was like, all right. Let's get into no it. No one got hurt in the preseason. It's yeah. week one. Do you think two games is the right number for the two, preseason? Do um, you think three is still too long? I think yeah. four is a lot. I mean, you, you don't you – don't, two games is fine. You don't – you needed to assess backups. You don't need it to assess your starters. Yeah. Injuries come with it. I get it. He could have been hurt in a regular season game. Yeah, well, he wasn't. It but was it a preseason ma- But it would have game. mattered. Like, it you know. Yeah, he, he gutted it out on a drive that helped them secure a W. You know, there's something that just, it just feels different when it's not in a game, which it, it, it sucks for all the guys that get hurt. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, I, Jay uh, emails the show. He says, Saints should have never drafted this guy from the fact he was born in Clear Lake, Iowa. The pick was cursed. I don't know what that means. I don't get the reference. Clear Lake. On the, it might be from like an old movie or something. Clear Lake. No, nah, that's that's not where the where Jason's at, huh? I just, honestly, I, I don't know, but that's exactly <laughs> where my. That's where my brain went. Yeah, I mean, I, I know Friday the 13th, I don't think took place. All right. Just gonna Google Clear Lake, Iowa to see if there's a reference we're missing. Is Clear Lake? It's funny you start. So if I put in "Is Clear Lake" in Google, how do you think it finishes? Uh, is Clear Lake water good to swim? Is Clear Lake safe to swim in 2022? There you go, man. What's going on in Clear Lake? Is Clear Lake in Iowa clean? There's another one. It's one of the top spots for Iowans looking to relax on the sand or paddle out on the water. This gorgeous clean lake is known for being a fishing hotspot. You can catch walleye, bullhead, yellow bass, and channel catfish. Oh, walleye's good. I mean, I don't know. I, it sounds seems like a. It seems like a nice place. Like a, <laughs> it's like a football town. I don't know about that. I don't know, I don't, the I don't, is, but... I don't know much about Iowa, but um, I feel like Iowans don't know much about Iowa. You've been to Iowa before, fellas? I'm not. Heck I'm no. Not. What, what was that about? Which, yeah, is that this Iowa? You don't want to go see the fields of dreams? I honestly I would. Okay. I, I'm not I would love to see the dreams. I, I, I love yeah, that movie. I don't. I don't. I don't know how that slipped out of my top sports movies when we did that. Probably because you ago. didn't want to have a top sports movie where a guy that you know might be schizophrenic and hears voices in his heads decides to destroy a family farm that's supporting his family to watch ghosts play baseball. That was a real <laughs> negative. That was a real negative take on a on a on a movie that's considered I'm sorry, a treasure. I'm just in a bad movie. <laughs> that was a real morning, negative man. take on a movie that's considered a treasure by a lot of baseball fans. Um, wow. Oh my god. That was. Whew, the, I, you can feel it in the, the air. This did the morning. Mets lose last night? What's going on, man? Yeah, they had, they, had a, they had a good weekend. Yeah.
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You should be you should be happy. It's just that Trevor football's Penny, back. Trevor Penny thing. It's just it, it. Trevor Penny. Okay, but did you watch on, any college bro. football this weekend? I did. I Scott did. Frost is more on that. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska is back. Well, they are back. They are back in full not, swing. Not, back to Nebraska not, quality. Well, no, not to saying. the Nebraska of the nineties. But oh, I mean, no, they're back but, just like they have been the yeah. last several they're years. In, they're in midseason form for sure. What I love about <laughs> all right, I mean, if it, I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but when we come back, the one fun thing, or I should say this, the most fun thing about having a football game overseas wasn't just the fact that something broke and people got free beer. That's no. awesome. There's another aspect of it that gives us something we wouldn't get otherwise, and I'll explain what that is when we come back. It's the Great Scott Show on a Monday. Phone lines are open as well, 337-269-1077. Was, that, I apologize to fans of Field of Dreams. That was unfortunate. It's not a bad movie. I didn't get into it as much. My dad took me to see that at theater in like Opelousas when I was young, and we, I don't know, I was pretty young. I don't know that I... <laughs> totally got it. I thought it was a little strange, but I apologize to the Field of Dreams enthusiast out there. Go enjoy your corn. <laughs> Nebraska fans did not enjoy their corn. Over no, the they did not. More on that not. when Let's we come go. back after this. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour on a Monday. It's game week. It's the great Scott show. Play Shakira, Nasty Nicker in the house. And uh, by the way, um, our listener, uh, Jay, who emailed me about Clear Lake, Iowa, that was the site of the plane crash that uh, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and Big Bopper died in. So that was the reference. Rest in peace, those guys. We were too focused on Clear Lake, on, the lake. And we were excited not, about football, know. too. Um, but, but, yeah, hey, I, I had forgotten that. Look, I got to be honest with you. You you were in such a bad mood that that uh like that feel the dreams thing and all that stuff. You're in such a bad mood. You made my own mother text me and be like, "Hey man, Aww. he needs some chocolate. He needs something to make Wait, well, him happy in the morning." Ch- okay, well, some endorphins. Yeah, you know, I'm a diabetic, so now your mom wants to oh, kill me. Oh wow! Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay, okay, you know, okay, 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 wow. okay. Come on, Miss Sherry. Like I'm just, uh, you know, she's trying to take me out. Is what she's. Well, doing. you know, she's a nurse, so she could probably help you out with it. <laughs> No, I'm not even in a bad mood. I just i i got on the i got on the Trevor Penny thing, and it it brought me to a negative state of mind. Is all. <laughs> That's all. I mean i I was excited before that. I mean, it was it was had a great conversation with Coach Desermo. For those that missed it, a lot of insight, a lot of good stuff there. Um, you know, we'll have that up for you later on the website and on the podcast. But mm-hmm. I just. You know, I was just upset about that. But, it, you know, it, it it could be worse. You could be a Nebraska Cornhuskers fan. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, they fired Bo Pelini, and he was, what, 67 and 27 or something? Yeah. Wasn't bad. No. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Scott Frost could win, like, 51 games yeah. in a row, and yeah. he still would have a worse yeah. record. I mean, it is. Shush. That, Scott Frost, poor dude. They've lost 21 one-possession games. He's lost, or 22 now? I don't know about poor dude. 
He's lost thirty or thirty. He's definitely not poor. He's got a, a huge bank well, I'm account. I'm saying like, but I mean that 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 sap. He's sitting there. He decides to finally hire a special teams coordinator, which you would think would be a, a important thing to do. Yeah, as a head coach, I'm gonna do it this year. Hire someone. Well, well promote someone on the on the staff to call the plays for Nebraska. Was and said, you know, he'd be able to help out more on special teams if that happens. They decided to run a surprise onside kick up 11, which was a terrible idea. Yes. And then they lose by a field goal. And after the game, he called out the offense and the new play caller. Nebraska is back to where they've been since they fired Bo Pelini, which when they had Pelini, they weren't bad. They just weren't one of the best teams in the country, and that wasn't good enough. I'll say this. I actually do feel very bad for Nebraska fans. Same. They are. I, I got to do a UL game there years ago, and Dominic and Sue was at Nebraska, and that 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 city, that fan base. I mean, I I got it after I went. I I was like, okay, I get it now. I get why Nebraska. I get the pageantry, having experienced it firsthand. I was like, this is this is some college football royalty here. Like, I understand why yeah. it's so special and. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a great environment, but man, you gotta have some some winning. I mean, I think two a couple of years ago was the first they like broke a streak of like an obscene amount of years where they had sold out every game. Jesus, you start losing more and more. It just it can wear on you. And seeing all those jabronis with the corn on their head, just having their heads down as they lose another one possession game with some highly questionable decisions. By Scott Frost. I just yeah, don't I'm, even, glad, I'm glad I'm not in Nebraska. Like, fan. the analytics don't even point to that being a good idea. I just don't yeah. understand. You don't even have tape on, like, this year's team yet. I know you can, like, look at but I would imagine, obviously, a surprise special teams play. One is the element of surprise, but two probably is, like, man, we saw on film this team was constantly doing this. Right. So yeah. we figured it would work. Like, Or even just, like, seeing something in the moment, like... You know, you got a guy in the in the press box. It's like they got a big hole in the middle of the field. Have the kicker just bloop a little <laughs> ten not, yarder. What are you doing when you're just up? do something? It was props, it. props to Northwestern special teams guys for being aware on that because coach, I don't think anybody was expecting coach, that. Coach Fischio is a tremendous coach. He is a very like good I would coach. say that on paper Nebraska probably has <laughs> probably has better players, uh, but Northwestern you know and it's one of those weird things. It's an even year where they're good. Yeah. yeah. The last two even years, they like won their side of the Big Ten. The other two years, they were like well below five hundred. So yeah, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous <laughs> and it's odd, but um, it's funny. Yeah, I, 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 I good for Northwestern, but man, and and it kind of stinks for Nebraska in that like, how many? Be honest, Blaze and Nick, how many Nebraska games will you watch this year? Me, probably more, way more than you would think, just because, and that that might be like. Two or three. College football guy. Uh, yeah, I'm a college football but guy. But like if they're playing my thing is I don't I think you I think you mean what you say, but I don't think you're gonna do it. Because I think you're gonna have a lot of other options that are on at the same time. Like oh, you, yeah, you watch like five games at once or no? No, 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 no. If there's a better option, I normally flip flop between that, channels. There's always gonna be better if, options. If there's, if there's a better option, I mean if they're playing one of the premier teams in the Big Ten, like a Wisconsin or an Ohio State, I'll tune in just to see if they give them a run for their money or whatnot. But yeah. No, no, no. My, there's a better my, game on. I get, my point I'll is, I don't think I will probably not watch the entirety of a single Nebraska game again this year. 
because there's always going to be better games on. I might pay attention to the score. If it's close, I might flip over, catch the end of it. Yeah. That was like the spot where everyone who has just been craving football, everyone was watching Nebraska. Yeah. And they know the thing, well, they lose a lot of close games. And they saw it happen. And that, that happened August 27th. And I think the lasting memory of this season, not for perhaps Nebraska fans, but for most of America that watches football, is going to be that game. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I. <laughs> It's funny. I get the feeling. Let me know though, Blaze. When you watch a whole Nebraska game, yeah, yeah, I want to know about it too. It probably won't be a whole one. It probably won't be a whole one. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, but uh, I do find it funny. People were on Twitter making jokes about uh, the refs were on Northwestern side because the coach's last name is Fitzgerald. Yeah, that was funny. The refs who aren't from Ireland. Yeah, that had to be funny. That was just somebody. Yeah, it was was just a mess, but it's funny. Uh, Northwestern wearing some fantastic (laughs) Ireland flag uh, helmets. Nebraska lost that game. Even like even without the special teams, they were up fourteen three going in for a possible twenty one to three and a crucial fumble. The Nebraska, Nebraska, they threw a pick in the red zone two later. You know, it's supposed to be different. They have this good recruiting class. It's going to be different this year. I mean, Scott Frost, because he's an alum and loves Nebraska, probably, like, Bo Pelini was not warm and fuzzy at all. No. And the fans did not like him because he, you know, he, he, was, kind of a, he was kind of a jerk, but he won a lot of games. And yeah. so with Frost, because he's a Nebraska guy through and through and an alum, it's almost like they're, they're being more patient with him because they just want it to work out. But... The great thing about having a game over the best thing about having a game overseas is you get journalists from another country that <laughs> I don't even call it etiquette. Like to ask a question if if a a reporter for Nebraska or a college football reporter were to say, you know, are you are you concerned about your job or being on the hot seat? At some point that even after the first game, I think it's kind of fair game for Frost because everything coming into it. But you wouldn't be like, hey, you want to just quit? Yeah. Like, that's not a question <laughs> someone on the beat or someone that covers college football. But you get to uh, Ireland and one of the guys is like, so are you going to consider stepping down? Like, <laughs> oh, my just, God. That you, is just so funny. I mean, you're getting that's what's great. Like, if you ever watch a press conference from the NBA finals, there's a lot of people in the room. But you also have some people from other countries, and it's sometimes you'll get a question oh, that's just yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yes. You know, and it might not even be funny. It just might be hyper-specific. Like there's a there's a foreign guy that, that barely plays. It's like the last guy on the roster, and they're going to ask, you know, Giannis about or LeBron or whoever's you know Chris Paul about the you know that no one else is thinking about after a game they just lost by three and like the players are like really ticked off not in a good mood and they're takes to see that you know an Irish reporter be like so do you consider stepping down you know considering how bad it is like whoa so funny because we got to understand like that's like I feel like that's a that's a rugby soccer kind of deal where it's like if you suck, you suck, and you should probably cut your losses. You know, why don't you just? Wait, you're the problem. Give me a give 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 us your 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 Irish accent there, please. Oh boy! Wow, see, oh, wow, I'm gonna embarrass myself. You put me on the spot. You got a lucky charm um, yourself right here. I can see it coming. Your wife send me DMs. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the best I got for you. Conor McGregor. That's the best I got for you. <laughs> Your wife sent me DMs. Do that, do that. Say that again, boy. <laughs> Your wife sent me DMs. Your wife sent me DMs. Your wife sent me. It, it right. does not. Hey, uh, hey, hey, I don't care. Uh, he, he did it. Hey, he went for it. He gave I it respect his best it. shot. Connor, who got his uh, butt whooped by Dustin Poirier several times. I saw Dustin this weekend. Um, there it was a. Uh, he looked good. He yeah. was dressed up nice. He was. I, I went. I knew an honoree, so I got invited to the American Cancer Society Gala. And, um, there you go. And he was there, and he was I think he was a past honoree, and he was supporting a good cause. So uh, shout-out Poirier yeah. and whatever the diamond has coming up next. Here's a, here's a personal story from the weekend. It's nothing to do with sports, but it felt like a bad beat. Mm-hmm. So I'll share the story. Oh, there we go. So uh, got invited to this gala. It was nice. It was fun. Had a good time. Um and, you know, there was a live auction and things you could bid on, none of which I bid it on because it was all just a whole bunch of money. And there was a big sort of glass vase, not super big, about as big as that, like, smaller speaker right there. And it was full of these fake diamonds. Mm-hmm. And you could pay $25 to guess how much was in it. It was kind of like a raffle and you got some glass of fancy champagne. And they're like, it's all right. It's all going to a good cause. They had somebody like modeling this, some big diamond. I could, I just, I can't afford that. Right. And my wife thought it was nice. And I, I agreed. It's like, oh yeah, let's we'll donate. We'll give it a shot. You know, she enjoyed the champagne. So I had, I actually had, um, like a, a, a theory or not a theory. I had, that's what I'm looking for. I had a strategy. Okay. I was like, okay. So I kind of was looking at it. Most people would just walk up, and some people were, you know, had a few drinks. So like, oh, I'm just going to put this number in. And so I was kind of counting the, like, top to bottom, then across, and then, like, multiplying it. I'm like, it's Doing some probably not going to be exact, but I broke out, like, my phone and used a calculator. Like, oh, look at this dude. It's like, it's really nice diamond. Yeah, be intelligent. And at the end of the night, they announce it. My guess was 288. Mm-hmm. It was 289. Ooh. No way. And my wife was like, no, I missed it by one. It, it felt like a bad beat, like where you're like, man, I came so close to Actually like nothing having a giant done. payday yeah. on an eight leg parlay that I spent $5 on. Somebody else guess it correctly. And we missed it by like a point. Yeah, someone, someone had that 289. Happened, that happened Dang. last year. Not to me. I mean, that was a bad beat. It was just yeah. one. Yeah. That would have been really cool. That happened last year. Not to me, but like there, there was a, there was a parlay that was really good uh, for a bunch of stuff. Like it was like a, Five leg parlay for this Tampa Bay Buccaneers playoff game, and they needed Tom Brady to get like ten rushing yards, and oh, he had had a week, like it was like a crazy like this is like a crazy odds for 10. this. Yeah, well he had had a twelve yard rushing play earlier in the game, and he kneeled it. but he kneeled down three times to finish the game. He ended with nine rushing Ooh. yards. Like there was like one of them was like a uh, Scotty Miller for a touchdown oh, pass, yeah. which he yeah. had. There was like all kinds of these crazy. So the things. last kneel down took it off. Yeah, that's that's it would have been that's a it, brutal bad it was like beat. a it was like a like a you ten to one your money that's a that's a that's a brutal bad beat yeah so like stuff like that like it always makes me laugh especially when i'm not involved in it but when i am involved in it, it makes me cry did y'all did, i mean did y'all see tom brady at his press conference recently where he was someone asked him about being gone and he just said um you know i'm 45 years old i got a lot of bleep going on 
Y'all see the clip? I mean, no, I haven't seen it. He just, it, it's it's not so much the, like what he said is, I need to try to find it. He look guys, he looks really good, bad. No, he just looks really thin. Mm. Like, see, mm. now be, 12, appa- apparently he got voted number one in the yeah. NFL yeah. countdown. Sure. So I kind of surprised me. I'm trying to find the clip on social media, but that's like all that's, that's all that's up there right now. But, yeah. Um, I'll I'll find it. It was like I, I'm not sure what he was doing. Like, did he get some kind of like plastic surgery or something? It, I it don't was know about that. It was. I can't imagine he'd do something like that that close to the season. Maybe well, the, I don't mean recently. Perhaps. Yeah, you're right. You're maybe right. the mass singer is really right. taking it out of him. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe he lost it again in the end, and it's just you know he's he's such a he's such a competitor. I'm gonna I'm gonna find. I don't know. I mean, if Taking he looks, the loss uh, real hard. I, I, I mean, he'd be like look 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 at this clip. Here it is. Like, don't you think he looks... That's just a big sweatshirt. You might be right. I mean, dude, his hair... Like, look at his jawline. Doesn't he look like he looks really a little skinny, gaunt. Blaze? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I wonder if he's maybe not just like the age is finally catching I, up to him. He's I, not feeling very well, or... He is... I don't know. Thin. Yeah. And that old line is But he looked thin. good. And he... He looked good in the game. What, a preseason game? I mean, okay, but it's okay. still Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, sure, but I... I feel like it's not bad to... It's not hard to to judge individual performances in a preseason game. I mean, that's what it's for. Well, you can't judge a team. If Tom Brady had thrown three picks, it's... T- like, who cares? It's yeah, Tom Brady. Fair. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not... Well, yeah. If Tom I, I mean, Brady looks good, he looks good. Is correct. Your if Tom Brady throws off, three picks, he's not trying. With Tom Brady, it doesn't. It that's doesn't fair. hold up. He, um... That thin offensive line... They got multiple injuries. Like, I, this is not Saints related. Like, what is your, just forget about the NFC South for a minute. Just the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a team. What is the, like, what in your, in your opinion, does that look like this season? Tampa Bay Bucks? 10 wins? Yeah, 10 wins. So y'all think 10 and 7? Yeah. At least. No, at least. So what is your, what is your pick here? I mean, I I would say like 11 and 6. I'd say 10 wins is probably the realistic. I think I think they underperform uh football fans' expectations and probably their own expectations. Uh, but I still think they make the playoffs at ten and seven. Yeah. I I think they have to worry with some of the injuries they have on the old like if he gets I, I know I know he's Brady, but as skinny as he looks, man, one one knock and that know, could man. that could be it. That T B twelve, it's like regeneration, bro. It's well, then he's Magic. he's good. Listen, he's getting up there. Whether you want to talk about age or not, how he moves. Listen, you you can't your body at some point in time. Your body cannot there. take from the, a football standpoint. Yeah. He's you're right. He's yeah. been up there for so, a while. It's like your body can't take those same hits like they but used to when you're young. It's like, harder for you to bounce back. He's just after good a while. at not taking the hits because yeah. he's yeah. so he releases the ball so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Here's what I feel the need though. I feel the need to to ask the this now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That uh, I mean, do you think Brady is one of those guys that's going to go out like? Have one final ride and actually quit, or he's, he's just going to keep playing. Like, and he's no, going no. to he, farve himself and keep he, playing he, until he, he literally can't. He, he, I don't. I think it's just going to be physically. If because Tom Brady, he feels like the type of guy is like, I'm just going to keep playing until I can't. Yeah, but we used to laugh about like the the, the idea. He said he wanted to play till he was 45, and then he, now, and now here he we is. are, and we're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. But that's like what he said. He said till 45. Yeah. Um, I, I I'll probably be wrong. I think I think this is the last season. For me. I think yeah, so too. If not this, this season, last, it just feels no, like it with it. his body language, how he's carrying himself now. I don't want to. It just feels like he's getting near his end. If he had a, if he had a a a significant injury in the season, oh what? Yeah. He's not like 
going to be on the sidelines the rest of the year with the team. Like he's like, peace, I'm out of here. Yeah. Pay me the contract this yeah. year, yeah. but I'm, I, I'm not. I don't need to be here watching Ryan Griffin, you know, right. or Blaine Gabbert in week 15. Yeah, genuinely, I think. And I, I don't want this to sound bad. I, I kind of hope he retires after this year because I don't want to see him decline. Like, I've throughout the years I have hated Tom Brady for for many years, and I have loved Tom Brady for a few years, and I've had pretty much seasons where I didn't really care about a Tom Brady. But Tom Brady's legacy for this sport is going to be so influential that I kind of want him to just be able to leave on maybe not his own terms, but leave without that disappointing like oh my god we're watching him fall apart in in real be, life like happen Drew Brees to the Saints, that'd yeah. be fantastic see i i guess fantastic. i don't i don't wish that that first of all else. let's not act like Brees was like falling apart i mean they lost that game to tampa that, he wasn't yeah. he wasn't horrendous that no. season game Good. looked bad man i mean he he i look he looked like a a a, a former prize fighter that just didn't have it anymore yeah, yeah. but not like a prize fighter that was 60 well, he didn't look like just, Drew Locke. You know, correct. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he, he was he was he wasn't the player he used to be. I mean, yeah. you're right about that, but it wasn't like Joe Namath in a Rams uniform or some of these situations sure, yeah. where it's like, ooh, come on, ooh, dude, this is, yeah, this is really bad, you know. Um, but I'm, I'm saying, I guess I don't want that to happen to any other football fans. I wouldn't wish that on on anybody. Maybe I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was like hard to watch yeah. the end of Breeze. Like it was, it was frustrating. It was frustrating because you weren't used to seeing him making some of the mistakes that he was making. It was like, like, come on, for you me, don't, you for, don't do this. Like you don't throw the ball in those spots. For usually, me, that was like watching a tragedy in slow motion. Like it was every, a hell of a lot better than that. we watched last year, guys. I mean, yeah, no, 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 most certainly. Dead said, last in sure. offense. I mean, uh, you know, it, well, d- I like d- defense. You like the Saints' offense more last year than no, the year of course before. not. That's, that's what on. I'm saying. Um, that's what I'm specifically talking about. Realistically, I think that 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 but that postseason game hurt way more than not making the playoffs last year. Sure, because you knew that was yeah, that was you, it. yeah, you knew they weren't. And, gonna... and last year, if you got into the playoffs based on everything that had unfolded, it was kind of just like house money. Like, sure. All right, that was pretty cool. I don't yeah. know how they got yeah. here. Trevor Simeon's probably going to have to start against the Rams, but whatever, or whoever was the two seed. Yeah, it, my mind would have been blown by that. But it, um, about, I think it might, yeah, because they would have needed the Rams to win that game, so the Rams would have been the two seed. Yeah, they Rams would have had been to go to two. L.A. The Rams ended up winning it all anyway. Yay. Yeah, cool. shocking. Go Stafford. Good, good, good for them. Who I am kind of happy about my Who has had, what NFL team has had the worst offseason? This season? This offseason? Yeah. We're just going by publicity. It's got to be the Browns. <laughs> well, okay, you win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, from I'm, that standpoint, I, If you're talking sure. about, like, players, though, I would say the Seahawks. Just because they lost Russell Wilson. Well, they lost Russell Wilson, but they haven't made any notable additions. No, it, it's... Who, it, name uh, me a both, big both, name that's there gone is, to Seattle. like So neither of your answers are wrong, because I think both of them have a good one. I think you got to throw the Cowboys in there, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, why? Why? Anything. they well, they lost both of their tackles. They lost the starting guard. Yeah. They lost their what? Oh, I forget about Tyrone's two wide receivers. Um, they haven't replaced them with anyone. Jerry is sitting there, you know, talking about glory holes for anyone that doesn't oh know the reference. Gosh. Go, I mean, not he doesn't, he just doesn't know what it means, basically. Yeah, but it's Jerry, Jerry, I've said it for years until he doesn't have. Full control. The Cowboys are going to constantly be overhyped and disappoint. And 
the Mike McCarthy being alphaed constantly by him, Sean Payton's <laughs> name being floating out there. I mean, Zeke's production has has you know gotten it's abysmal. It, I won't I won't go that far. I'll just say that for what we expect, it's it's gotten less productive each year it's trending it has been trending downward and there's no evidence to suggest that suddenly it's just going to turn around yeah your 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 o-line issues your coaches on the hot seat sean like it's the cowboys now their their division isn't very good but they're not going to be good this year and the thing is if they beat tampa week one that would almost be it would Let's say Tampa comes out of the gate slow because they've got their opening schedule is pretty tough. Brady has missed time and they have had injuries. Mm. If Dallas wins Week One, the the Cowboys hype is going to be through the roof <sighs> and they are going to crash like they always do. Just crash. Like it's been a horrific. If you're a Cowboys fan, even Norman Locke had to admit like <laughs> it hadn't been the most ideal off season. It no. hasn't with the injuries they've had. Man, it's. It's significant, and I think Saints fans need to pay attention right to it because other than Ceedee Lamb, Sean, you know Michael Gallup, Gallup's hurt. Okay, Gallup's oh, hurt. hurt. Okay, so he's gone. Gallup's hurt. Yeah, he's hurt. He um, what happened to him? Towards he's oh no, I say that he's he's not hurt, but he's coming off an ACL tear. Oh, okay, which, okay. You know, you and then slow the, him down. They brought in what James Washington receiver. He's going to miss like six to ten weeks. Jeez. Um, yeah. Mm, okay. Imagine. America's team, by the way. Well, it's a ridiculous. America's most hated team should yeah. be the term. Are the are the Detroit Lions America's team now? No, no. People have tried to people try to say the Saints for America's They're team not. in '06. No. no, people. The Cowboys. That's their that's their thing. Let them have it. It's fine. But they're um, not. I feel uh, like America doesn't really care about the Cowboys. The Cowboys. No, no. Is, America does care about the Cowboys. Yeah. Maybe not for the reasons that the Cowboys would like for them to care about them, well, but they, they care. They are the most cared about team in the league. Yeah, they if, are. If you get, if you show them hate, you're caring about them. People have an opinion that's about the Cowboys. They love them or they hate them. Yep. That's a good point. There's not too many people that are just indifferent about Dallas. Yep, you either love them or you hate there them. There was a stretch where, like, I you know, I met a few Cowboy fans. I was like, you know what? I don't hate. I don't. I'm not rooting for them. I don't hate them. But then, you no, know, Norm, Norm, just his constant texting and everything. I'm like, all right, no, now it's on. That's now it's on. on. A Cowboys fan, man, he will, a, a true Cowboys fan will make you hate that team. Yeah, I feel like it's part of their. Yeah, it's part of the job. It's what they do. It's part of the job. It's, yeah, it's, what it's, they do. they're very good at it. Now, very any, good at it. Any fan, I would. That's why they stand out because they're everywhere. Like I think if you, so you're Saints fans. I feel like if you guys lived in Minnesota. Oh. Oh, hey, man. welcome to Minnesota. It's I was about to, to do it. Like, I was about to do it. Nice. No, I wanna, wait, I want to hear Blaze's Minnesota. Would, oh, yeah, give us, give us. Minnesota, some. yeah. Yeah. I oh, think that's better than his Irish. Oh, it's better than his Irish. Sure, sure. Oh, oh be, yeah. Be careful there. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. I won't do it again. I, but. It's fine. <laughs> I, I liked it. So, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know too many Vikings fans. My guess would be if you were a, a hardcore fan of a team and you lived somewhere else, you would probably not like the team because the fans could get annoying. Mm-hmm. Like anyone who's not from down I'll here that moves down here that is a hard – and I'm not talking about a casual fan. I mean like a hardcore fan of another team. Right. They probably don't like no, that's fair. Saints fans because yeah. they're like, God, you guys are always 
I wore my Vikings jersey, and y'all are giving me grief and this and that and the other. And it's like Vikings in particular, though. Minnesota Vikings fans hate Saints fans on the internet, and it's a bad like. All right, fine. Let's let's say the 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 what's someone we're not related to at all? The Broncos, yeah, the Seahawks, whatever. And I think if you live there, it would it probably feel the same way. The difference is the Cowboys; they just have little sprinkles of fans everywhere. Yeah. And so like- you're always, no matter where you are, you're always going to be around some of them. And even if it's in your backyard. And so they have that, they have, they're able to have an impact everywhere that other fan bases only have when you have like, you know, somebody that's, that's not from there, mm-hmm. you know, um, that just happens to move there and, has to deal with being a fan of another team. I mean, I remember when the Saints played the Colts in the Super Bowl, one of the high schools around here, not in Lafayette, it was in, I just remember the story in Louisiana, they were like, you're allowed to wear a Saints jersey. To school. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Super Bowl week. Yeah. Have fun with it. And some kid wore a Colts jersey. And, like, I mean, oh. it was, he got sent home. <laughs> They were like, you can't wear this. That's awesome. They're like, well, what? That was not, it was Saints. Like, you were told you could wear a Saints one or you could wear your regular uniform. And he made sure it was a Joseph Adai jersey, thinking it would get him brownie points. Yeah, that's fair. It didn't. And he wa- his family was from Indiana. So, like, they weren't, they, like, he, he grew up a cult. So he wasn't wow. just trying to be a contrarian. And they're like, you can't. This is a Super Bowl week. You can't have you can't send your kid to school, but they're probably like, oh, it'll be fine. It's yeah, we're no, from there. It's your jersey. I, like, I was gonna say I can't imagine. Yeah, props to them. Honestly, props to them. And I, I and they sent, and I'm disappointed in that school. I'll say it. It's just, I know it's a Saints country, but come on, these people are from Indiana. If they weren't from Indiana, Follow I'd have different opinions. About Follow the rules. It. <laughs> oh, there he is. He could, he, he, could, he could still support his team. He didn't need to break the rules. You don't have to wear. <laughs> they didn't say you had to wear a Saints jersey. Yeah. So let's let's, said, let's let's reverse the rules. That's an Indiana school. Kid wears the Saints jersey. Oh, my kid would be rocking. <laughs> there you go. There you They'd go. send him home, and I'd I'd I'd, I'd proudly rules you know. for thee and not for me, huh? No, they're following the rules. They sent my kid home. Oh. <laughs> So my kid home, and then my and, and then does, my does kid, it, yeah. we're going get ice cream. It doesn't change the fact, <laughs> that's right? That's right. Doesn't it's change like the fact. Making an A on the honor roll, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's that. That's my boy. Yeah. Does it change the fact that I, that I knowingly sent my kids to school with a Saint jersey? That would ruin it, my perfect attendance. Oh, Out of they, my like, mind. If it was, I mean, if it was the Super Bowl, you. Phew. If it's a yeah. Super Bowl week, yeah, no, it's it's happening. That's right. Straight up, if they don't say I can send my kid to school in a Saint jersey, he's going anyway. What do you mean? Oh, but you know, not not. So even if there's like just a regular uniform, uniform day, code, you're yeah. just gonna have them just gonna have them get sent home without any well, no, no. any setup. Here's the secret: you put it, you put you like, hey, look, put your put your uniform on, put the Saint jersey on top. When they tell you you can't wear that, take it off and then put it back on in the next hour. Okay, they're gonna send you home then. Okay, you just take it back off. All right, just do it. Find a way. I'll Make find, it happen. Find a way. Find a way. Life finds a way. Find a way. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott. We got Nasty Nick. We got Blaze Shakira in here trying out his various uh, accents on the show. I Connoisseur. I want to come up with a list of them for him. I thought it was good. Uh, Aaron Rodgers went on Joe Rogan's podcast and admitted something that (laughs) didn't surprise anyone. And I remember getting grief for pointing out that Aaron Rodgers was probably Greg Leonard, who used to work here. Mm-hmm. Big Packers fan. 
Mm-hmm. And I was came in after a game where the Packers were, were on a primetime game. Yes, I accidentally said Fackers. Sorry. <laughs> the Packers were on a primetime game. And Rodgers, you know, broke the Bears' hearts and did all this good stuff. And I was, he like, complimenting him. But I, I also pointed out something that I thought was obvious, and he got really sensitive about it. But I was right. And most of you listening, you probably all suspected the same thing. We'll tell you what that is when we come back right after this. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. What up, guys? It's Scott Prather, and you know it. The wait is almost over. A new football season's about to begin. Let's get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. One more action for opening night. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. That's it. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses that game. Guys, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 1420 to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or old, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensing partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. We got Nasty Nick. We got Big Blaze in here. Um, We got Game Week UL Homecoming is early this season, Mm. October 1st, and (sighs) Cajuns take it on South Alabama. Who doesn't want the ultimate tailgate? Your very own tailgate party for 50 from Fizo's Seafood Steakhouse and Oyster Bar, complete with food, drinks, wait staff, tent at the Pribe tailgate spot. And uh, Fizo's is going to do it all for you. All you got to do is show up with your friends, you and 49 of your closest friends. You get the ultimate tailgate. You get 50 tickets to the game. Only way to win is to sign up. Do it now. Go to the ESPN Lafayette app. Click on the... Uh, icon that says tailgate for 50 or head to ESPNLafayette.com click on it on the what's hot bar indeed so Aaron Rodgers apparently went on the Joe Rogan podcast I didn't listen to it but did acknowledge that there were times where he has been in games and had taken Percocet wow what (laughs) okay I heard because I already heard the psychedelic thing okay we've already heard the psychedelics how is it that Josh Gordon Career Thank is you. over. Thank you. Due to marijuana. Thank you. But Aaron Rodgers can openly admit to doing psychedelics and now Percocets mid game. There are well, multiple answers and none of them. And are I good. get it. The Percocets that, that you can you can chalk it up to a bunch of things. Oh, it's not for recreational use. It's for pain. It's it's for whatever. I get it. He was unspecific about when it happened, but you just said it yourself. He said he took it. Now, he did say it was a stupid move. He said he took it for pain purposes. Um, the psychedelics were in another country in the offseason. Yeah, that's... I'm not I'm not condoning it. I'm just... 
He didn't get tested or fail a test or Percocet. But I think it's pretty obvious the game had happened in. So there was a, a, a Sunday night opener, either in 2018 or 2019, when they played the Bears, typical Packers-Bears game. Bears had a lead. Trubisky actually wasn't playing awful. And they were up big, and uh, it was at Soldier Field. And then in the second half, the Packers about. come back. Rodgers throws a bomb oh, yeah. late, yeah, 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 and they yeah, yeah. beat him. And in the, in the post game, he just kind of slipped into like a southern accent. He did. He was like talking to Michelle. He's like, it's gonna be all right. Like, what? Like, and he had this big grin on his face. And like, there was something. I was like, this guy's on something. And I remember Greg Larnard was like, I was complimenting Rogers. He's like, yeah, that's right. And I'm like, but dude, he was on something. Like, why is he speaking like he like owns a farm and, you know, Texas was and like, and yeah. And he, and like, he was kind of, it was like, it was almost like a, though, if, if, if there was a farmer that like, had the accent, but had the like personality of like a surfer dude. Yeah, that was how he was the whole post game interview. He's like, "We'll be all right. We'll be fine." Like, what is he trying to be, Matthew McConaughey? Like, what's happening? He's on something. He just breaks out. And Greg's right, like, "No, right, you're right. just a hater." I'm like, "I'm not. I don't even care. I'm just telling you." I'm just telling so you. him, when I read that Rodgers admitted to being on Percocets sometimes during games, I'm like, "Well, yeah." There's your answer, and that Makes isn't sense. safe. You don't want to be on a bunch of painkillers that you take you at really halftime don't. or during. It just bad things can happen. And he admitted that that was stupid, but said he, you know, said there was some. Um, you know, COVID vaccine individuals that came in to talk to the team about it, and he claimed he wiped the floor with them yeah. and all this other stuff. It's like, dude, uh, dude. Yeah, he's heavy anti-vax, is he not? Yeah, he he's is. He's making a heel turn. He's right heavy. Now, no, he's he's just he's just heavy. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's like, very yeah. heavy. Aaron. He's like I I know more than all of you, but yeah. I mean, he knows how to lose playoff games. He knows more about that. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. He knows not as much as the Cowboys, but he knows a lot about Ooh, it. Close your lock, Norm. But he. Close your ears. Um, yeah, Rogers. Your lock, Norm. I know you're there. But but, but what what are your thoughts <laughs> when it's like? It's a lot to get by me, buddy. You hear Rogers admits to doing perfect. So you, your initial thought, like you just found out, but you got mad about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just it takes me off for like all the players who were suspended over like marijuana use and things like that. And I get it. Marijuana now is it's where it was twenty years ago. You know, in the early two thousands, it, it's it's different now. It's looked at differently. So I I don't know. I just. I don't like it. You know, players have gotten suspended over less than than admitting to doing Percocets in the middle of a game. You know, I get it, pain reasons, whatever you want to call it, but I don't know. I just don't. I feel like if it was anybody else, it would be looked at differently, but because it's Aaron Rodgers, it's like nobody really bats an eye. Yeah. He said, I played on Percocet. It was more for pain management, so I wasn't taking any high dosage, but stupid, ultimately. Here's the thing. I had knee issues for a long time, and you take anti-inflammatories. You're taking in anti-inflammatories. They all come with a warning. If you take this more than a few weeks, you got to get your blood tested because it can it can do damage to your liver. There's so many things you can take now, anti-inflammatory things that are natural that don't cause damage to your body. Um, yeah, he, he said they need to do a better job. The NFL needs to do a better job of monitoring the use of addictive painkillers. Um, says he doesn't like that they frown upon natural things like CBDs, uh, and he called out the NFL, said the pain management with our sport is fascinating to see how things are treated. He said, I use quotations on treated because up until probably a decade ago, it was easily accessible to get Oxy, Percocet, Vicodin, whatever you wanted. You played on 
painkillers, definitely. Um, there it is. Hmm. I mean, I'm glad he said it. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like when players are saying something because we get critical of players. I mean, they're not really saying anything. It's just like he's admitting it. Yeah, he's saying stuff. He's admitting it. Like uh, he's he's pointing things out, and even if he's acknowledging that he did it and got away with it, like there could be blowback. But at least, but that's to the it's to the honest. effect of I think he. This is one time I think he's not just trying to be smarter than everybody else. But I think he's just trying to genuinely affect change, which is worth doing. Well, even if you, whether you agree with the change or not, but yeah, he. I think he always. I think he seems like a guy that 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 tries to do that. Yeah, no, I want, well, I'm one of those people. Like, if you're trying to affect change, I respect you, even if I don't agree with the change you're trying to implement. Because, like, that at least you're fighting for something. I, at least I, you have something. You okay, agree. but I'm gonna I'm gonna save you here. There are certain lines. Oh, of course. I just Come just on. no. You didn't say it. You said that's gotta uh, be obvious. Did, no? just, it's just, not obvious. What you said. I was thinking. Is, I was thinking. There's a couple of things I would is, root for. I don't care what no, they are. I don't care what kind of change you're trying to make. I will not support you at all. I won't even okay. support you for trying to do it. That uh, feels okay. That I mean, that feels a little. It feels a little silly. I just, but I, 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 look, I guess bro, people, I've been doing this long common enough. Common sense is out the window, right? Just helping you out. Yeah, common sense is out the window. You use some clarity. Yeah, you gotta be careful in this day and age. Forty-five after the hour. All right, when we come back, last segment, and I promise it's sports-related, why a costume changes everything. <laughs> everything. Don't sure go does. anywhere. Great Scott. Thank you, Blaze. Great Scott Show comes back right after this. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Hey, sports fans, this is Rich Eisen reminding you to catch the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from 12 to 3 on ESPN Lafayette. Now, back to more of the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather. Welcome back in, everybody. Final segment, Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We got Nasty Nick. We got Blaze Shakira. We've hit on the Saints. I was very, I was in a very bad mood briefly. We talked to Coach Desermo, talked college football. We talked Nebraska, Aaron Rodgers, Percocet. We haven't talked about why costumes somehow change everything mm-hmm. and make certain things funny that wouldn't be funny, and other things. Well, yeah, that, I think that's just it. Yeah, if yeah. you're in a costume. It, I'm talking specifically about sports here. Yeah. But you got a story up on our website, Blaze, about kind of the, the, the ties into this. Is that right? I sure do. Uh, great headline, by the way. Um, Atlanta Braves mascot delivers Derrick Henry-style stiff arm to peewee footballer. Some of you might have seen the clip, but there's a, a, a this isn't a new phenomenon. No. But there was a bunch of mascots, sports mascots, playing a game against Young kids. I mean, how old do you think these kids were? Well, it was a U twelve, probably like eleven or twelve. Yeah, it was a U twelve team, so it's got to be ten or eleven. They were, uh, and and the kids were in pads, but the the mascots were just. <laughs> what were they doing to these kids, Nick? <laughs> they were they were implementing uh, what is it? Imposing their will. Honestly, they that, they they I mean, do not show mercy. They do no not mercy. care. No mercy. Like, no mercy. Think about it, though. You walk around all day. Your whole job is to walk around all day in this big, furry, fuzzy, feathery costume, whatever the team you're with. 
And you act like they don't make this choice in their life, but okay. Yeah, of course. No, they, they and they get paid very well for it. But really? I'm saying, uh, yeah, from what I understand. Oh, okay. But the, uh, I mean, if you're going to, your whole, your whole life is just like being funny and making people laugh at you and laugh at stuff you do. I mean, the Mr. and Miss Met are out here like holding trumpets up to their non-existent mouths. You're when damn right Diaz they are. Is getting narco, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? You're damn right they are. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, every once in a while, you got to let loose. You got to stiff arm a couple kids, you know? Like, I've seen games at the Superdome before. One time, maybe it was at the New Orleans Arena. This was years ago. Uh, the, the New Orleans Voodoo were still a thing, the Rock arena on. team. And they, like, had a bunch of mascots from, like, different high schools, colleges, all over the place. And they played some kids that were in uniform, and they just destroyed them. All of them. These kids were not having fun at all. I've seen it at halftime of a Saints game years ago. I'm like, this is this always seems to happen. And if they weren't in costume, like the internet would want to cancel every one of these people. <laughs> yeah, they're just large individuals. Now you mentioned this Braves. This was like 11 and 12 year olds. I've seen it against like seven and eight year olds. That's crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? At the time, I was much younger. I was laughing my butt off. But now I'm like, dude, if that was my kid, I would be so oh, yeah, ticked absolutely. off. Yeah. If you like, have to dude, reach you're gonna down, hurt my child. Like, what are you doing? If you have to reach down to your knee to stiff arm someone, yeah. like, come on, bro. And, and like the I mean, these are not like these are these are some real stiff ones. Yeah, I was gonna say if you haven't seen the clip, this is not like life. a little like like a little a, a little bap on the like the helmet. Like I'm talking like full on Derrick Henry put you in the it's dirt. It's funny you said that because the last one that he does at the end of the video looks exactly like when Derrick Henry Put Josh Norman straight into retirement. Now, here's the flip side of it. When a mascot gets hurt. Oh, it's sad. No, it's really funny. It's funny. I mean, it's, it's funny. funny. It's sad. The Ravens sad mascot, I don't even know his name is. Poe. Poe po the Raven. Po. Right, that Edgar makes Allen. sense. So, Poe apparently tore his ACL and they had to bring out the cart. And, like, I, whoever that dude is, I feel bad for him or her. But seeing him, like, with the mask on. Yeah, that's. Like, there's something funny about and it. They, did I the take it off? The costume changes everything. You think about, well, you like, can't take it off. You can't. I mean, I'm talking about, like, as he's being, like, wheeled out, like, the, the head is still on, yeah. and he's just... He's got a, it's just got a big old <laughs> smile on their face. Like, it's that, hilarious. That a bonus. When you see... there were Many, many years ago, whoever Mr. Met was got hurt pretty bad, like, to where you could see the break on the leg. <sighs> Oof. And this was, like, pre-viral internet stuff, but he was, like... It was terrible, and yet it was funny because there's this giant baseball head smiling, like shaking his head back and forth in pain, but it kind of looks like he's laughing. <laughs> so the flip <laughs> side is you put something in a costume, it's funny. It's bad for them when they get hurt because people are kind of going to laugh and make jokes. But whenever you just decide to stiff arm a nine-year-old to kingdom come, People are going to think it's cool. Yeah. Whereas if you're not in a costume for either, they're going to get really ticked at you, and then when you're hurt, they're going to feel really bad for you. Yeah. So yeah. in sports, you throw a costume on, it just it changes things. Okay. And yeah. it changes everything. Uh, I'll also say, they, they've, those games, those crossover games they had, they've, they've provided a lot of great moments. Christian McCaffrey, when he was young, he was actually in one of those games, and he put one of the nastiest juke moves on the Broncos mascot and absolutely broke Ooh, him down. That mascot deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> Probably had it coming. Nah, man. That's why we have to have. That's why we have to have mascot mode in the next NCAA game, so I can put the jukes on people as the, the Stanford tree. There it is. I like it. That's Nick. That's Blaze. I'm Scott Prather. The Dan Patrick Show's next tomorrow. 
I will have on Ross Jackson from the Locked On Saints podcast. Jay Walker will be in studio. More guests later in the week. It's game week tonight. Louisiana football live. Louisiana Athletics live from Pete's. Coach Michael Desimo, Jay Walker, hanging out from 6 to 7. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We're counting down the days till Raging Cajun football. I'm Jay Walker. Join Gerald Broussard, Cody Juno, and me from Cajun Field on Saturday, September 3rd as Louisiana takes on Southeastern. Kickoff time is 6.30 on your home of the Raging Cajuns. ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. What up, guys? It's Scott Prather, and you know it. The wait is almost over. A new football season's about to begin. Let's get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. One more action for opening night. Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. That's it. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses that game. Guys, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code 1420 to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensing partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP.